pale moon was riding alone o'er the trees. The doves were all resting in dark bowers. I called to my love, come away. Quench the lamp, it reminds me of day. Come away, come away, there's no reason to stay. Come away. I will plait you a garland of dark forest leaves. We will not be alone in the wild forest trees. The Sabbath of night comes at last. We will dance in a ring on the grass. We will dance in a ring and we'll merrily sing. Come away. We will dance with a man with the horns of a stag. The bonfire burns brightly, my lover don't lag. We will drink from a free-flowing cup. With the wind and the flames we rise up. With the wind and the flames we will rise to our games. Come away. The Lord that you know is the Lord of our day. When children are laughing and light in their play, come away to the games of the night. The darkness will hide us from sight, and the master we know is older than he of the day. Come away, come away. There's no reason to stay. Come away. We will dance in a ring and we'll merrily sing. Come away with the wind and the flames. We will rise to our games. Come away. In New York City. On the Lower East Side, I started writing a novel. The book was called Murder by Magic. I didn't know a heck of a lot about magic, so I got books out of the library, some of them quite thrilling, and of course I was influenced by horror movies. I used most of the standard clichés and invented a few of my own. I finished the book. The anti-hero died as part of the plot and I went into mourning for him. A process that I understand is not uncommon amongst fiction writers. In doing research into the occult, I found it wasn't all according to the movies. Later, in Toronto, I started writing another book, which I never finished. It involved an occult order dressed in black robes with secret headquarters and secret passages and a heroine. The whole nine yards. The book got sillier and sillier as things went on, and it became a bit obsessive, so I dropped it. I determined to seek out some actual members of the occult community to find out what was really going on. I'd learned a few things already, and I thought it would be interesting. I joined a group called the O.T.O., Ordo Templi Orientis. Now this was Alistair Crowley's Thelemic group. It was sex magic, but I wasn't into that part of it. I was, perhaps, the only celibate member of the group, but there you go. 
Egyptian gods became important. Amun-Ra and Horus and that whole crew around Memphis and thereabouts. Crowley's imaginative flights of fancy, perhaps drug-fueled, became a strange kind of map. He was a trickster with a bent sense of humor, so you better watch where you're walking if you're following his lead. Through my studies in magic, I have had experiences that are not normally explainable, like rain happening inside the house and other manifestations for which I have no logical explanation. I was focusing on the water elemental one time. I, I was very concentrated. During one of those times when the world about me seemed wrapped in a misty cloud, I was doing this on the way home and then in my meditation room in the house where I continued to focus and concentrate and when I looked up it was raining inside the room. Sure, could have been a leak in the roof, but it only happened once at that particular time and never again no matter how hard it rained. A side note here would be that the idea is not so much to control the forces of nature, for instance, as to embody or manifest them. I concentrated for some months on the Egyptian goddess Sekhmet, and the effect on my life was dramatic. Everything broke. My job changed. My husband died. I had to move out of my digs. Everything broke or changed. Very much like the fortune foretold in the tarot deck by the lightning-struck tower. It's difficult to talk about magic, spelled with a K, by the way, M-A-G-I-C-K. Going back and trying to describe it, even though I have been in it, is almost impossible. There was a group phenomena, for sure, we did ceremonies, but the focus wasn't on such group ceremonies, but rather on individual spiritual development. Like most groups, the Lema embodied some contradictions. It was highly hierarchical, quasi-Masonic, but with a focus on individual spiritual development. I was in effect, participating in an alternate reality, a timeline parallel to the real world, but not of it. Even now, it's almost impossible for me to reconstruct to speak of a world where archangels and elementals were as real as a kitchen tap, possibly more so. Someone said that if you act as if something is real, then your actions will have real consequences. You see, magic works, but it is a very difficult and demanding practice, having nothing to do with wriggling your nose and producing special effects. Mysticism eludes explanation. I stopped attending these meetings after a while. I just didn't have the strength to focus. My health was not good at that time, and you need your health for that kind of extreme concentration. It's not unlike deep meditation practice. Now, I've also visited the Wiccan community, 
sat in on their circles, taken part in their rituals to a certain degree, but they do not appeal to me. It is the admittedly darker ceremonial magicians who hold my attention and to some extent still my respect. The song you hear at the beginning of this podcast I wrote in New York in the 60s at a time when I knew next to nothing about magic, so I must have channeled it. This is Sonia Brock, podcasting from Toronto, Ontario, Canada. I can be reached on the web at soniabrock.com, S-O-N-I-A-B-R-O-C-K.com.